You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes. Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th, hosted by Kevin Hart. The seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. All right, we will try it now. Uh, I was told that you couldn't hear me. I had my mic on, uh, but for whatever reason, you couldn't. Yeah, now you got me. All right. Thank you very much. I appreciate your patience. I don't know why you couldn't hear me, but now I'm back. So that's good to know. All right. I'll start my monologue all over again. How are you? Welcome to this Thursday edition here on Listen App. I don't know what happened. Uh, everything was normal on my end, but that's part of technology sometimes. I started off by talking about a bad look. A really bad look at the parade yesterday that the Rams had. I mean, think about this. You have a parade for the Rams. Did you see the video of the Staffords? Did you see the video of the photographer that fell off the stage? And Matthew Stafford and his wife Kelly were there. She was taking a picture of them and she was not aware how close she was. She ended up fracturing her spine in the fall again it happened right in front of the staffords and after she fell the video showed matthew stafford just turning around and walking away where his wife kelly had a look of horror on her face and walked over to the edge of the stage to check on the lady who had fallen well now the staffords are going to pay they're going to pay for her medical bills and also will replace all of her cameras that were damaged in the fall. As of this afternoon, a GoFundMe page had raised already $42,000. Think about that. 42000 How about Matthew Stafford? What a bad look that is. I mean, I'm sure you've seen the video. That, that was awful. Absolutely awful. Terrible. So a fractured spine. A fractured spine. And Matthew Stafford just turns and walks away. Again, that is a very bad look. All right, NBA, couple games tonight. We're not yet to the All-Star break as there are five games uh, in the NBA tonight. Yeah, Miami and Charlotte, Washington and Brooklyn, New Orleans host Dallas, Phillies and Milwaukee, and the Clippers are home to Houston. All right, if you're looking at this from a Kings perspective, you don't have to. They're done. Okay, they're done. They're 22 and 38. They're coming off a bad trip. A one and two road trip is not good with the schedule that they had. Just not. And now they're four games back in a loss column of Portland. Portland has 34 losses. New Orleans has 35 and 11th. San Antonio in 12th with 36. And the Kings are in 13th with 38 defeats. There's only 22 games left for Sacramento. 
13 are on the road. They've only won seven road games. To me, in order to get to the 10th spot, at the very least, you're going to have to win 13 games. You're going to have to win 13 games. Not happening. I don't see it. And even 13 might not do it because you're not only catching Portland, you have to catch New Orleans and San Antonio. And it's highly unlikely, very highly unlikely. So, you know, again, it's going to be another failed season for Sacramento. You can say all you want about they look better and they're, you know, that's fine and dandy. It's a bottom line business. You either win or you lose. And they've had two losses. You know, Chicago's a good team. But Chicago without Zach Levine, without Ball, without Caruso, without, you know, you could have gone in there and won that game, but they lost. And the game on Monday night was the real stinker when you lost to Brooklyn, who had an 11-game losing streak. So, you know, again, if you're looking at this from the Kings' perspective, at 22 and 38, it's not looking good. Speaking of the Kings, tomorrow on my podcast, Jerry Reynolds. Jerry's going to join me on my podcast tomorrow. I uh, recorded my conversation with Jerry just a little while ago, and he has some very interesting things to say about the Kings, about the Kings telecasts, and about the trade that was made with the Indiana Pacers. That's coming up tomorrow on my podcast if you don't like that. All right, you know the routine. If you want to get in on the program, hit your hand icon, raise your hand, and we will put you right up on stage with me. And we can talk about the NBA. You can talk about the Staffords. What a bad look that was by Matthew Stafford. Not a bad look by Kelly, but, I mean, come on. I mean, what what are you th- – I mean, what are you thinking about if you're Matthew Stafford there? It's terrible. Just a terrible, terrible look. All right, let's get to uh, some phone calls here on this Thursday edition of Listen App with Scotty. Hello, Scotty. Hey, Grant. Can you hear me? I sure can. Go ahead, sir. Uh, I don't know if you saw the uh, MLB. They met for 15 minutes today. Yep, I was going to get to that. 15 minutes, no progress. And you have to wonder, Scotty, if baseball is going to start on time. Can you imagine, seriously, a bargaining session and only last 15 minutes? Like, why? What? what is that all about? You know, um, I'm not a Kings fan, but I, I root for the Kings because of you. Um, Thank you. Lived in the Travis area f- for about four years. Um, I'm a diehard Mariner fan, so I know all the struggle and all the pain that they feel. And uh, we finally get a good team, win 90 games last year, and it's looking good for us, and then this is what happens. Boy, isn't that the case? Uh, I can imagine it's been a long, dry spell for Seattle, and they made some really nice strides last year with the M's. And now we, we may not even be looking at baseball until the middle of the summer. Who knows? It just, by all accounts, it just seems, uh, Scotty, that they're they're so far apart. Think about that. It's February, what is it, February 18th today. Pitchers and catchers were supposed to report a couple of days ago. And you can't. You have a 15-minute bargaining session. I mean, that's embarrassing. Yeah, it's horrible. I don't. I don't know what's good. I don't think we're gonna have a season for for quite some time. Yeah, that's not good for sure. Not good. Hey, I really appreciate you chiming in, Scotty. Thank you. All right. Thank you. Have a good day. All right. You have a good day too. Good stuff right there. All right. Again, if you want to come on the program, uh, just hit your hand icon, raise your hand, uh, and we will do it. And again, thanks for your patience at the beginning of the show today. I'm not really sure what happened, but, hey, the bottom line is we're all good, and uh, we are rolling here on a Thursday. Same thing tomorrow, uh, 3 o'clock, we will uh, come on. And if you have listened to the podcast before tomorrow, it will be released at about uh, midnight Pacific. You can tell me what you thought of some of uh, Jerry Reynolds' comments uh, about the Kings, 
about the trade and about the telecast. That's all coming up tomorrow on If You Don't Like That. Then on Tuesday, I will have the uh, Hall of Famer from the Chicago Bears, Brian Urlacher, will join me. I'm going to talk to him a lot about coaching. I'm going to talk to him about Levy Smith and uh, some other things of interest. That will be on Tuesday's edition uh, If You Don't Like that. All right, but I want to hear from you today. Again, I've really enjoyed the week that we've had here on this app. I think it's been fabulous. We've had a lot of very good conversation, both on sports uh, and no sports. And uh, I'm really happy to take uh, the phone calls uh, in whatever direction you want to go in. Isn't it interesting, speaking of a direction, what Phil Phil Mickelson is doing in his deals with the Saudis? That's right. Uh, Think about this. Phil Mickelson is willing to get involved with a Saudi-financed breakaway golf league to have leverage to compete with the PGA Tour. How about that? Is that something? Where do you think this is all heading? Where do you think this is all heading? I mean... Again, there's a lot of politics that are involved in this as well. You know, um, there were some very disturbing comments that were made as it relates to this. All right. We know that the Saudi government has been accused of many human rights violations by the watchdog groups from around the world. And yet Phil Mickelson told Alan Shipnuck in a excerpt of an upcoming book. And I I saw this today on ESPN.com. Phil was quoted, all right, as saying this about the Saudis. They're scary MFers to get involved with, all right? And he went on and said, They killed, and he talked about the Washington Post reporter and the U.S. resident. They killed and have a horrible, I think the name was uh, uh, Khashoggi. If I mispronounced that, I apologize. This was very big news when it happened. They killed Khashoggi and have a horrible record on human rights. That was an interview that took place in November. Phil said they execute people over there. For being gay, knowing all of this, why would I even consider it? Because this is a once-in-a-lifetime opportunity to reshape how the PGA Tour operates. I don't know about this. He then told Shipnuck in November, I know 20 guys who want to do this. And if the tour doesn't do the right thing, There is a high likelihood it's going to happen. Man. PGA Tour spokesman said the tour would have absolutely no comment about the remarks made by Phil Mickelson. Also, a representative, according to the story on ESPN.com, a representative of Mickelson's management team did not respond to an email requesting comment over his comments. Now, Justin Thomas said this about Phil's comments, quote, seems like a bit 
of a pretty, you know, egotistical statement. I don't know. It's like he's done a lot of great things for the PGA Tour. It's a big reason it is where it is today. But him and others that are very adamant about that tour in Saudi Arabia, if they're that passionate, go ahead. I don't think anybody's stopping them. I don't know. In that story, in the book, Phil said the PGA Tour has been able to get by with manipulative, coercive, strong-arm tactics because we, the players, had no recourse. As nice a guy as PGA Tour Commissioner Jay Monahan comes across as, unless you have leverage, he won't do what's right. And the Saudi money has finally given us that leverage. I'm not sure I even want, it's called the SGL over there, to succeed, but just the idea of it is allowing us to get things done with the PGA Tour. You know what it seems like? It seems like Phil Mickelson is blackmailing the PGA Tour. That's what it seems like to me. Phil also said, we played those shots, we created those moments, we should be the ones to profit. Talking about the greed of the PGA Tour, talking about the players unable to profit from MFTs and other things. And he said the Tour doesn't need that money. They are already sitting on an $800 million cash stockpile. How do you think they're funding the player impact program or investing $200 million in the European Tour? The Tour is supposed to be a nonprofit that distributes money to charity. How the F is it legal for them to have that much cash on hand? The answer is it's not. But they always want more and more. They have to control everything. Their ego won't allow them to make the concessions they need to. How about that? Phil told Shipnuck, the tour likes to pretend it's a democracy, but it's really a dictatorship. They divide and conquer. The concerns of the top players are very different from the guys who are lower down on the money list, but there's a lot more of them. They use the top guys to make their own situation better, but the top guys don't have a say. Now, we've talked a lot about this. You know, there's a right way of doing things, there's a wrong way, and it's about doing what's right. If Phil Mickelson is truly adamant and really believes what he said about the Saudi government and their human right violations that, as I said, they have been accused of by watchdog groups around the world. You know, I read it word for word. If Phil really feels that way, then he shouldn't be talking about playing golf over there and starting, you know, and bringing PGA Tour with him. Again, let me read that last line of that crucial paragraph. Quote, they execute people over there for being gay. Knowing all of this, why would I even consider it? Because this is a once-in-a-lifetime opportunity to reshape how the PGA Tour operates. Now, I, I need more clarity here. I need more context. 
But that is a very, very disturbing quote. That's very disturbing. They execute people over there for being gay, knowing all of this. Why would I even consider it? Because this is a once in a life opportunity to reshape how the PGA Tour operates. So you think that a country that executes people for being gay, among other alleged human rights violations, that because it's a once in a lifetime opportunity to reshape the PGA Tour, you're going to just turn your head the other way on grotesque, awful, alleged human rights violations? I mean, seriously? Like, am I, am I reading this right? I really mean this. Am I reading this right? Do I have an understanding of this story? I mean, because if I do, I, I'm losing a lot of respect for Phil Mickelson, and I've loved Phil Mickelson. But if that's what Phil said, and Phil really feels that way about the Saudi government, all right? Again, quote, they're scary MFers to get involved with. I mean... The name of the book, by the way, it's the upcoming book is Phil, the rip-roaring biography of golf's most colorful superstar. Now, again, I guess the book is released today on the website. That's why all of this is coming out. If Phil, well, I, I got to believe he made those comments. All right. The, so he, he made those comments. Are we supposed to just ignore those comments? I mean, I, I don't understand that. And Phil then says, I know 20 guys who want to do this. And if the tour doesn't do the right thing, there is a high likelihood it's going to happen. So you're going to just ignore the human rights violations, right? That they have been accused of, again, by watchdog groups around the world. You're just going to ignore that. And you're going to use... That, as a quote, once-in-a-lifetime opportunity to reshape how the PGA Tour operates. Hey, you know what? You got the Olympics in China, right? So I guess, I guess it doesn't matter anymore. How sad is our world? Seriously, how sad is our world? I don't even know what else to say. How sad have things gotten around the world? And if, though, if Phil truly feels that way, uh, it's hard for me to believe. All right, Forrest, we're going to get to you. Just turn your mic on, Forrest, and we'll put you right on with me here on this Thursday edition of Listen App. Forrest, how are you today? Doing good, Grant. What do you think I'm going to say? You got any idea? You think I'm fired up? It's unbelievable, isn't it? Oh, I uh, was talking with a friend of mine about this. We live. I live in Palm Springs area, you know, that's got golf courses. Up the wazoo down here, we get you know golf tournaments all the time going on. But oh my goodness! So you you get ripped off the air for saying all lives matter, right? Yep, every single one. Yeah, every single one. And Phil Six Nicholson words. just basically said that gay people don't matter because these people are admittedly he admits that he knows what they're doing and he's going to sign up for it. It's like I'm sorry, Phil, but this is Saudi Arabia. It's one giant sand trap. Don't do it. <laughs> Don't shoot your whole career into this yep. union with these guys. 
I think he's already. I, I think he's already tarnished his career with that. With that line, they execute people over there for being gay, knowing all of this. Why would I even consider it? Because this is a once-in-a-life opportunity to reshape how the PGA Tour operates. And you are right. The inference to that, and you brought it up. Uh, I read it. Is that he's okay with that? That because you know he wants to reshape the PGA Tour. If gay people are being executed. Well, you know what? He's going to turn his head the other way. This is disgraceful. And you're right. I mean, I, I don't understand why there isn't more backlash to this. I would think that the backlash is coming because the quotes just came out today, to the best of my knowledge. But I, when, I, when I first read this, Forrest, I, I was like, wait a minute. I had to, first of all, see if I was reading it correctly, you know, who was the source. Uh, and then when I read it for the book, I was like, you got to be kidding me. I can't believe this. It'll be interesting to see how the backtrack comes out of it. But he's he's saying the PGA has been a dictatorship and they've got all this money that they're making off their images and likenesses and, right. and all of those things. Well, okay, Phil, this is a money grab for you, too. You're going to the Saudis because they've got more money than, than God and your book is coming out. So you got to give some salacious comments to put it out there. And you say you've got 20 guys that are willing to do this and you've got... What are, what's the name of his book? The most colorful character? Yes, Superstar. <laughs> yeah, exactly. You, you don't have to hold a candle to John Daly or you know, some of these other guys who've got personality and color. But anyway, you've got 20 guys that you say are going to get behind you. We'll take those same 20 guys and say, we're not playing in the Masters. We're not going to play in this tournament unless we get a little cut of these likenesses the same way the college – basketball players and you know the and then football players are getting yeah you you don't have to go to saudi arabia to get their attention it's unbelievable i mean it, it is i'm blown away by what i read I, I when i first read it i was like wait a minute am i reading this right again they execute people over there for being gay knowing all of this why would i even consider it because this is a once in a lifetime opportunity to reshape how the pga tour operates They've, meaning the PGA Tour, have been able to get by with manipulative, coercive, strong-arm tactics because we, the players, had no recourse. As nice as a guy as Jay Monahan comes across, unless you have leverage, he won't do what's right. And the Saudi money has finally given us that leverage. How about that? So you're going you're gonna to go where the money is, despite the fact, as you pointed out, all right, there are human rights violations. I mean, I, I, again, I just can't. I'm trying to comprehend, Forrest. I really am trying to comprehend what the hell Phil Mickelson's thinking about here. I really am. I something's something's haywire there because um, this isn't the once in a life opportunity, lifetime opportunity. He's been on the tour for how long? At least well, thirty years. I was just going to say thirty years. Yeah, and and now he can't see that it's been happening. And he's made, I just looked it up, his his career earnings are just under $100 million. Wow. It takes, it takes more money than that to make an impact? Oh, my goodness. You don't need money to make an impact. You can just come out and say, you know, hey, this yep. isn't right. Well, I, I, I want to see what I, I want. I, I want to. I want to hear what the LGBTQ community has to say about this. Uh, and not, you don't even have to be a, uh, with the LGBTQ community. Uh, you just have to be a person with common sense and dignity to know that his remarks and what he said is just ugly and disgusting. There's really no other way to say it. They they are ugly, disgusting. Uh, the fact that he would use Saudi to bribe. The PGA Tour, that's what he's doing. He's bribing the yep. PGA Tour yep. and using 
they're examples of human right violations, okay? And and as if to say, well, that's okay because this is going to help out the PGA Tour. No, it's not okay. But then again, Forrest, in all fairness to Phil, you know, we, we got the Olympics going on right now in Beijing, all right, with the Uyghur genocide and everything else. And you know what? The world still showed up to Beijing for 17 days for the Winter Olympics. So, again, there are a lot of people that turn their head. There are a lot of people that don't want to admit what they're doing. There are a lot of people that bury their head in the sand and don't do what's right because of the almighty dollar. And that's a shame. It really is a shame. Well, and, and it's, you know, it's kind of a reflection on society. The lines have been blurred so, so long for, you know, what is right and what is wrong. But it, this just seems Forced so obvious. Yeah. yeah, it is. It, I mean, just, yeah. It seems what do you, so let me ask you, Forrest, what do you think the, uh, what do you think the outcome of this is going to be for Phil Mickelson's legacy and his popularity on the tour? I'm just curious. You know, my, my gauge on that is so far off is because, uh, you know, not to get too political, but some people are just Teflon. This stuff just rolls right off, and they just and, – and some stuff sticks. I mean, like today with Aaron Judge, he comes out and says that he wants a contract before the season starts, and it's like – Yes. Don't you have your pulse on what's going on? Fans are not on your side right now. You can't even get a labor agreement. They meet for 15 minutes which was probably way too long because they probably said, what are you going to talk about today? We're going to talk about this. No, nope, we're not having anything to do it. Walked out. So it's like, I have no idea what, you know, the outcomes and the, the moral things are the compass of sports athletes and things like you mentioned with Matthew Stafford. I'm sure there's another side to that. I'm sure the noise was crazy and he didn't hear. I don't know, but it's just disappointing to hear things like Phil, you know, you're in such a position, you've got wealth, You've got yep. power, you've got influence, and then you're going to go in that direction, really, Phil? How do you explain that when you're doing an Easter Seals event? Yep. In, anyway. Yep. Yeah, and as far as Matthew Stafford, the video is very uh, damaging to me. I mean, he was looking right at the gal when she fell off the stage, and she, and, he and his wife Kelly were looking at the photographer because they were getting ready to have their picture taken, and you saw Kelly's reaction right away. I don't know how Matthew – I mean, could not have seen that. He was looking right at her. Um, maybe he did not know the severity of the drop from the stage, but any human being would have gone over there to at least look and then assist the person. That's just mind-boggling to me. It really is. Well, wasn't there some reference to him drinking, uh, being yes. inebriated? Yeah, and I understand that. I, I And I, I don't have a problem with that. I mean, I get that. They're celebrating. They just won the Super Bowl. But still, uh, and maybe that's it. You know what? Again, I'm not trying to paint Matthew Stafford into being a bad guy or anything. I'm just saying the video did not look good. Yeah, and I, I noted they stepped up today, and they, they're going to pay for all the rent. Yes. Organization's going to pay for everything, and I'm sure that they're already covered anyway. But Yes. Yeah, it's, uh, it's a frustrating day in the world of sports, isn't it? It sure is. Hey, listen, it's always good hearing from you. <laughs> yeah, you got me ranting now. Thanks, <laughs> Take care. That is unbelievable. Those comments by Phil Mickelson. I, I, I mean, I was when I first read it, I was just like, wait a minute. Am I am I reading this correctly? Am I reading this correctly? Seriously. And again, the quotes make it even worse. Much worse. I mean, in, in other words, it's bad enough as it is, but then to actually say they're scary MFers to get involved with. Wow. And then they they 
they execute people over there for being gay, knowing all of this, why would I even consider it? Because this is a once-in-a-lifetime opportunity to reshape how the PGA Tour operates. To me, Grant Napier, I'm not speaking for you. I'm only speaking for me. He's telling me that he feels that it's okay for the Saudi government to allegedly execute people for being gay. That's what he's telling me. I don't know what how you interpret it. That's how I interpret it. Now, maybe I'm wrong. And if I'm wrong, that's fine. I'm giving you my opinion. I'm not giving you a fact. I'm telling you how I feel and how I interpret that. Trust me, I know when things are misinterpreted. I'm living proof of that. So I'm 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 acknowledging that. But they they execute people over there for being gay. Knowing all of this, why would I even consider it? Uh, he's basically telling me the way I look at that. He's basically telling me the way I read that is he's going to put that aside because he wants to reshape the PGA tour. Where's your ethics? Where's your morals? Where's your values? Where is like standing up for what's right? Alfred, how are you, Al? (laughs) Grant. You gotta have a segment every week. Can you hear me okay? Yes, sir. You gotta have a segment. Can you top this? And every week, you maybe even take suggestions from the fans on, you know, you're gonna, and we're gonna nominate the news event, a shenanigan that happened, and what. We'll, <laughs> it's unbelievable. I, 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 you know, and I interpret it as this you just spoke to this. It's the almighty dollar. I interpret that last statement. Why would I even consider it? Because it's a money maker. That's yep. how I interpret it. It's all about the Benjamins. You just spoke to that. I'm just, I have a 31-year-old son who's, who's gay. And, you know, it's not that I'm, it's any different for me to feel otherwise. But I'm just like, I, I interpret it. It's, that's ugly. That's one of the ugliest things. I mean, you can talk about a lot of things. The stat, you know, but that that's it defies it, it defies belief uh it it's almost like wait a minute now you know you have to I, I was reading word for word and I was just trying to say am I misreading yeah. this am I misinterpreting this I had to read that over and over and over again to make sure that I really was believing and comprehending huh. what I was looking at and I, I and and just like you, I, I, I'm so appalled by those comments that that he would he would make those comments and then in the same breath say, but it's a once in a lifetime opportunity to reshape the PGA Tour. So he's going to put those values, those despicable human rights violations, which a lot of them are allegations. I, 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 I'm not an expert in the Saudi government and I'm not going to pretend yeah. to be one here on this show. I'm only going by what I read. How could Phil Mickelson even contemplate doing business over there in Saudi Arabia? Makes no sense to me. You know, that's a great point. I mean, you're always putting the spot on. But, you know, I don't know either. This is all human rights and, uh, and, and the, you know, executing people for being gay. I couldn't speak to that. I really don't know what's going on with this the Darfur thing in China. I'm not really, you know, into that up up to speed on that, so I probably shouldn't comment on it. But, but just a summary: he, the, in one in one sentence, if he if he would have said, "I think it's a good venture," instead of just saying they're scary mfers, 
and, and, and they execute people for, he should have just, I mean, Phil, what do you think? Tone it down or say, you know, it's a good venture and good for the, for the, for the league. Instead of, but he comes out, he comes out and has to quantify his statement by starting it off with, you know, it's like, so we say, well, we know China's uh, committing genocide, uh, you know, the first genocide crisis. However, it, it's a ratings bonanza and it's a moneymaker. And, and, and <laughs> I, yep. I'm, I'm stunned. But I mean, you know, we've been, I'm a year older than you, you know, I've called you a lot. I'm just, I just, you know, can you top this? What's next? It's almost what's everything that's going on with the sports type weirdness, like Harden, and you've already talked about his nonsense it just puts it to the point this is like new territory i'm just i'm just shocked i, I have to go back and take a look at it. i don't know how he he'll probably get it'll like Forrest said there's some people just seem like teflon they just don't seem to really have be subjected to the same scrutiny like folks like your, yep. you hey. you know and i i don't know what what well, really Phil, Phil's already getting killed. Here's 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 a couple of headlines. This one from Deadspin. Phil Mickelson doesn't care about Saudi Arabia's awful human rights record. And again, there are a lot of headlines that are just like that right now. Oh, and oh. I, and listen, I I I, I don't know what's going to happen tomorrow or the next day or the following day, but I don't think this is going to end well for Phil Mickelson. I'll just say that I think this is going to really put a stain on what has been a great legacy. I really believe. I think this is going to really put a stain on his legacy, as it should. If he really feels that way, then it should put a stain on him. That That is just despicable is what it is. It's despicable. You know, it's a shame. I tell you, a lot of fans are just done, you know, but anyway, thanks for taking my call. I just thought I'd throw in my two cents. Thank you. I appreciate it. Again. Wow. Um, here's another headline. Phil Mickelson. This is from a Bleacher Report. SGL, which stands for the Saudi Golf League, I believe, offers leverage over PGA despite Saudi's human rights record. Man. Um, the first paragraph, Phil Mickelson sees value in the Saudi back super golf league. It's, it's so it's not the Saudi golf league. It's the super golf league. I beg your pardon. Even while acknowledging the country's negative record on human rights. Hmm. The SGL, by the way, is funded by the public investment fund of Saudi Arabia, which is run by the Saudi government. The U.S. State Department has criticized the country for significant human rights issues that include unlawful killings and torture. Hmm. Wow. Mickelson even admitted, I'm reading this now in the Bleacher Report, that the league is an example of sports washing using propaganda to distract from human rights abuse and political problems. Hmm. Man. Unbelievable. Incredible. I guess Dustin Johnson, Bryson DeChambeau, and Adam Scott also have been reportedly mulling offers from the Super Golf League. I'll tell you this. 
If you're on the PGA Tour currently and you go over to take the money and you play in that league, good luck. All right? You want to just I'm, – I'm just going to say good luck. And I am not an expert on that region of the world, and I am not going to pretend to be. I'm not going to try to pretend that I'm educated on the human rights issues in Saudi Arabia because I'm not. Maybe I should educate myself and do a little more work. And I will now because now this has been brought to my attention. I will try to further educate myself. But I'm just still trying to comprehend what I read today. I'm reading an article uh, on the from the Bureau of Democracy, Human Rights, and Labor, dated March 30th, 2021. And it lists a lot of the concerns involving human rights issues over in that country. Significant human rights issues included unlawful killings, executions for nonviolent offenses, forced disappearances, torture, and cases of cruel, inhuman, and degrading treatment of prisoners and detainees by government agents, harsh and life-threatening prison conditions, arbitrary arrest and detention, political prisoners or detainees, serious restrictions on free expression, the press, and the internet, including threats of violence or unjustified arrest or prosecutions against journalists, censorship, site blocking and engaging in harassment and intimidation against Saudi dissidents living abroad, substantial interference with the freedom of peaceful assembly and freedom of association, severe restrictions of religious freedom, restrictions on freedom of movement, inability of citizens to choose their government peacefully through free and fair elections, violence and discrimination against women Although new women's rights initiatives were implemented, trafficking in persons, criminalization of consensual same-sex sexual activity, and restrictions on workers' freedom of association, including uh, prohibition, uh, prohibiting of trade unions and collective bargaining. Hmm. Wow. There you go. In several cases, the government did not punish officials accused of committing human rights abuses, contributing to an environment of impunity. In September, now remember this was 2021, the public prosecutor's office announced a final verdict in the murder trial of journalist Jamal Khashoggi, killed at the Saudi consulate in Istanbul, Turkey in 2018. All five defendants previously sentenced to death for their roles had their sentences commuted to a maximum of 20 years in prison following a pardon from the family. Three others had their prison sentences upheld. The UN special, uh, I don't even know how to pronounce that word, I, I apologize, on extrajudicial summary. Well, I'm going to stop now. This is getting too complicated for me. Here's the bottom line, all right? Uh, uh, Phil needs to come out and look in the camera and apologize. That's what he needs to do. That's what he needs to do. And even then, he's going to have a tough time winning a lot of people over. 
He's going to have a lot of tough. I, I'm sorry. There's no other way to say it. When you say they execute people over there for being gay, knowing all of this, why would I even consider it? Because this is a once in a lifetime opportunity to reshape how the PGA tour operates. Uh, that, that I, I don't know how you apologize for that. I, I really don't. I'm, I'm not really sure like looking into a camera and bearing your soul is going to change the opinions of a lot of people over those three sentences. Uh, I really don't. I, I don't. I, I just, it's mind boggling to me. It really is. Tell me what you think. Hit your hand icon, raise your hand. Am I going overboard with this or am I on point with this? Like, am I making too much out of this? I don't think I'm making too much out of it. I'm reading the quote word for word. I'm not adding to it. I'm not subtracting from it. I'm reading it as it was said. I I, I just, uh, I'm blown away. I, I really am. I'm blown away. But, you know, when we talk about human rights violations and, you know, again, we talk about the Olympics and, but, I mean, for Phil to say that, wow. I, I just, I, I, I can't understand how you would want to do business with a company in which you openly admit, okay, the horrific human rights violations. Like you're, you're not saying, I, I, you're, you're, you're being very direct and to the point. They're scary MFers to get involved with. How about that? Man. Yeah, I would think that the chances of anyone from the PGA Tour going over to play in the Super Golf League would be like slim and none, and slim just left the area. I don't see that happening at all. I really don't. All right, again, if you want to comment on that, raise your hand, hit your hand icon, uh, and I will put you uh, right on. Uh, NBA tonight, as I said, five games remaining before the All-Star break. You have the Miami Heat. They are in Charlotte. You got the Wizards taking on the Nets. Uh, the Mavs are in New Orleans. Bucks home to Philly. And the Rockets are taking on the Clippers in Los Angeles. So there you have it. And then the All-Star weekend. And then games will resume next week. And again, we talked about the standings with Sacramento in 13th place. Four games back in a loss column. And by the way, four backs four games back in a loss column with only twenty-two games left. When you have two other when you have three teams in front of you, not good. Not good. You know, even though the team might look better, might look like they're playing better. I, I again I don't know if they're defensively they're playing any better. As a matter of fact, they're not. But we'll 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 see in these final uh twenty uh two games. And the, you know the biggest issue for Sacramento is their defense, which is horrific. Very bad. Their defense is terrible. Just terrible. All right, let's get to uh, some phone calls right here on Listen Up, and we get to Jeff. Hello, Jeff. Hey, Grant, you were reading my mind. I was just going to say the doggone Kings uh, uh, back, or the, they gave up almost 70 points in the, the, uh, to the guards last night for the Bulls. Their defense is uh, non-existent. It's the second worst defense in the Western Conference. The only team that allows more points than Sacramento in the Western Conference are the Houston Rockets. I remember talking yesterday. We were saying if DeRozan was going to go off, 
sure enough, I think he got 38. He almost got yep. 40 points, and White got 31. But but the uh, the bonus, he he went for a double double, I believe. But still, that was not not nothing to help. It wasn't you know we couldn't get over it. By the way, I I should correct myself. The Kings are not only the the second. They allow the second most points in the Western Conference. They allow the second most points in the entire NBA out of 30 teams. Houston is 30th, and Sacramento is 29th in points allowed. That tells you all you need to know. Yeah, it's despicable. I mean, you get a double, it, well, you're double, not going to win double, like double, that. Double. And I think uh, Fox did. Fox have a decent game last night. Yep. It, 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 you know, so uh, it, it's just ridiculous to give up that many points. And then White, that guy, he's not that good. I mean, he's like a bench. He's not even a starter. He goes for over 30 points. I mean, I mean, he wasn't a starter last year. I mean, he's substituting for uh, who's he substituting for? I got. Um, well, Zach Levine is hurt. Uh, yeah, Zach Levine. Yeah, you know, he so he's substituting yep. for Levine. That's who he is. Yeah, he was like the third option to Stokonski or whatever his name was last year. White was like the third guy coming off the bench for the Bulls. And then he goes out and does 31 against the Kings. Well, you're talking about White, you know, who's uh, – uh, he played 40 minutes last night and had 31 points. Right. I, I, I just, you know, again, and he's the young guard out of uh, North Carolina, Kobe White, but the the – the defense night in, night out is just not very good. I mean, it just is not very good. Plain and simple, it is not very good. Right. So you think they're going to get uh, – Monty's going to go bring in a de- defensive-minded coach next year then maybe? It doesn't matter whether it's a defensive-minded coach or not because it doesn't really matter. It, it only matters if you have players that know how to play defense. It doesn't matter if you have a defensive-minded coach. Kings have had very good defensive coaches on their team on their squads before. But if you don't have players that can play defense, it really doesn't matter. Well, I thought that's why they brought in Mitchell. He was a defensive guy. He is. He plays very good defense, but you can't you know he can't guard five guys at once. <laughs> that's right. All right, thank you, Grant. You have a great weekend. Appreciate All right, you it. do the same. Thank you very much. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, We've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. I mean, that's, you know, that's just one guy, right? So, yeah, Fox was good last night. You know, he had 33 points. Uh, He shot the ball well, 14 of 26. He had nine assists. He did have five turnovers. That's not a good assist or turnover ratio, but he's been playing very well in the games that Sabonis has been there. I mean, I think that's going to be, well, you know, you should listen to my podcast tomorrow because Jerry Reynolds and I talk a lot about this. We spend a lot of time talking about the trade and 
That's tomorrow on my podcast uh, if you don't like that. So, again, the Kings come out of the All-Star break with a home-and-home against the uh, Denver Nuggets, who really uh, played well coming down the stretch leading into the uh, break. But the Kings have 22 games left, and 13 of those games are on the road, where they only have seven seven wins. So they go, they have a home game against Denver, and then they hit a long road trip at Oklahoma City, at New Orleans, at San Antonio, at Dallas. They absolutely positively must win at New Orleans and at San Antonio if they have any hope at all of pulling off a miracle and getting into the 10th uh, spot. They Those have to be absolute automatic wins. Cannot lose either of those games. Then you're at Dallas, and you have a road game at Chicago, excuse me, at Utah, you're not going to win that. Home game against Chicago, home game against Milwaukee, probably not going to win those games. Home game against Phoenix, not going to win that game in all likelihood. At Miami, you're not going to win that game. Home Golden State, you're not going to win that game. At Phoenix at the end of the year, Phoenix probably won't be playing anyone. So, but there are a lot, they still have a lot of tough games. I, I, they're not going to win 13 out of 22 games. I just don't see it. I really don't. I don't think that's being realistic. And I think they're going to have to win 14 or maybe 15 of the 22. When you're four back in a loss column with 22 games left and you have two other teams in front of you as well, and you, you, you know, you got to be realistic about this. You know, you got to be realistic about this. Again, Dallas is in New Orleans tonight. So a good chance that New Orleans will lose, not saying it's automatic, but I think that there's a good chance that Dallas will go in and win that game. And then New Orleans would have uh, 36 losses, two less than uh, Sacramento. So we'll see. Not a lot of games left. And, uh, you know, it is what it is. You know, you put yourself in this situation. You, you don't play defense. You are inconsistent. It's just the way it is. You know, it's the way it is. Looking at the injury report, and you got to wonder if Zion Williamson is coming back this year, right? You really do. You have to wonder if Williamson is going to return at all for the Pelicans. And, and and let's just say that he returns for the final 15 games and plays well. I mean, you know, I, I was looking at Brian Windhorst talking about he still has soreness in his foot. So if he's got soreness in his foot based on his injury, I mean, when you have soreness in your foot and you haven't been doing anything, that's not really good. So I I, I don't even know if they're going to even give him an extension on his deal. They might wait one more year. I would. I'm not giving Zion Williamson a max deal. No way in the world. I wouldn't. No chance. No chance at all. So that game uh, starts at 5 o'clock Pacific. Uh, in about 15 minutes, they'll tip it up in Charlotte with the Heat and the Hornets. Good game tonight in Milwaukee. That game is at 5.30 Pacific. Uh, Philly is in Milwaukee. Very good game potentially there. And then Houston uh, is at the L.A. Clippers. I should look 
to see if that head case James Harden is playing, and no, he's not. I'm. I mean, uh, let me see here. Well, as of yesterday, I don't know. We'll see. Unbelievable, huh? Oh, he's got hamstring tightness again, right? Who knows with James Harden? Who knows? What I do know is I still think Brooklyn, with that trade, scored big time. I really think that they are way ahead of Philadelphia now, assuming that they're healthy and assuming that Kyrie Irving can get on the court with that ridiculous mandate. Matt, how are you, Matt? I'm good, Grant. How about yourself? Good. What's going on? Hey, um, I got to not to get too off subject of what you've been talking about. Um, kind of more of a personal question for you um, in the aspect of Jerry, actually. Did the Kings push Jerry Reynolds out of uh, out of the microphone seat? I can't comment on that. I, I don't I, I, it's yeah. not for me to say it would be for Jerry to say. And I didn't talk yeah. to him about that. So I'm not going to comment on that. Okay. I can read between the lines. I get it. Uh, my next question was, do you, what happened with the Scott Moak um, incident deal where the Kings like, got rid of him and then brought him back? Can you elaborate on I that? I can't. Yeah. I, I, well, he, he was a full-time employee of the Kings and then uh, he lost his job and I don't know over what. Uh, and then he was brought back as the, public address announcer but that's all he does he's not an employee of the kings anymore okay okay Okay. that's all i got for you today thank you appreciate it thank you bye-bye yeah i'm not really sure as i look back at jerry or not um i believe when he first was replaced for five or ten games a year i don't believe he was very happy about it i do remember that uh so i i I will jerry and i do talk about whether he misses broadcasting or not so i will let you listen to his answer on my podcast tomorrow Uh, i'm i'm trying to remember when they first asked Jerry to miss five or ten games a year. Uh, I I know he wasn't happy about it back then, and nor should he have been. It was bad. You know, the Warriors did the same thing with Jim Barnett, you know? And when I mean the Warriors, I mean NBC Sports. They're awful the way they treated Jim Barnett. Terrible, despicable, horrible. So, you know, I think Jerry's fine. I, I don't want to paint an incorrect picture. I think Jerry's fine with everything. Jerry likes his retirement. I know Jerry loved doing the games with me. I loved doing the games with Jerry. I mean, it, there was – and Jerry was fine with not traveling as much. So, you know, that would be a question for Jerry to answer, not for me. But I do remember the first time he was on the sidelines for the – was it five games or ten games? I can't remember – but I, I, I know he wasn't very happy about that back then. That much I do remember. I do remember. All right. Hey, tomorrow, 3 o'clock Pacific, again, we'll wrap up the week. And anything you want to talk about, it'll be very interesting to see what the news cycle is like tomorrow as it relates to Phil Mickelson and these quotes that came out today. So I think we'll spend some time on that tomorrow. And, of course, between now and then at 3 o'clock, 
there will probably be another story or two. <laughs> it always seems to happen that way uh, as that, that develops. So we'll, we'll cover it. All right. Hey, have a good night. Really appreciate you being here on this Thursday edition of Listen App. Grant Napier saying so. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere. And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Hey, guys. It is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun, too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anytime anywhere and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses so join me in the fun sign up now at chumbacasino.com no purchase necessary btw void were prohibited by law see terms and conditions 18 plus